Give Norman my phone number. If he wants to contact me, he'll have to look it up. Hannah frowned as her mother went into her familiar litany on the proper way to attract a man. Their dinner last night had been a disaster. When she'd arrived at her mother's house, Hannah had encountered two additional guests. Her mother's newly widowed neighbor, Mrs. Carrie Rhodes, and her son, Norman. Hannah had been obligated to make polite conversation with Norman over a sickeningly sweet Hawaiian pot roast and a chocolate-covered nut cake from the Red Owl Grocery, as their respective mothers beamed happily and remarked on what a charming couple they made. Look, mother, I really have to— Hannah stopped and rolled her eyes at the ceiling. Once Dolores got started on a subject, it was impossible to get a word in edgewise. Her mother believed that a woman approaching thirty ought to be married, and even though Hannah had argued that she liked her life the way it was, it hadn't prevented Dolores from introducing her to every single widowed or divorced man who'd set foot in Lake Eden. Yes, mother, Norman seems very nice, but... Hannah winced as her mother continued to wax eloquent over Norman's good qualities. What on earth had convinced Dolores that her eldest daughter would be interested in a balding dentist, fifteen years her senior, whose favorite topic of conversation was gum disease? Excuse me, mother, but I'm running late, and— Moisha seemed to sense that his mistress was frustrated, because he reached out with one orange paw and flipped over his food bowl. Hannah stared at him in surprise for a moment, and then she began to grin. "'Gotta run, mother. Moisha just knocked over his food bowl, and I've got meow mix all over the floor.' Hannah cut off her mother's comments about Norman's earning capabilities in mid-breath and hung up the phone. Then she swept up the cat food, dumped it in the trash, and poured in fresh food for Moisha. She added a couple of kitty treats, Moisha's reward for being so clever, and left him munching contentedly as she rushed out the door. Hannah hurried down the steps to the underground garage, unlocked the door to her truck, and climbed in behind the wheel. When she'd opened her business, she'd bought a used Chevy Suburban from Cyril Murphy's car lot. She'd painted it candy apple red, a color that was sure to attract notice wherever it was parked, and arranged for the name of her business, the Cookie Jar, to be painted in gold letters on the front doors. She'd even ordered a vanity license plate that read, Cookies. As Hannah drove up the ramp that led to ground level, she met her next-door neighbor coming home. Phil Plotnick worked nights at Delray Manufacturing, and Hannah rolled down the window to pass on the warning that their water would be shut off between ten and noon. Then she used her gate card to exit the complex and turned north onto Old Lake Road. The interstate ran past Lake Eden, but most of the locals used Old Lake Road to get to town. It was the scenic route, winding around Eden Lake. When the tourists arrived in the summer, some of them were confused by the names. Hannah always explained it with a smile when they asked. The lake was named Eden Lake, and the town that nestled next to its shore was called Lake Eden. 
There was a real nip in the air this morning, not unusual for the third week in October. Autumn was brief in Minnesota, a few weeks of turning leaves that caused everyone to snap photographs of the deep reds, gaudy oranges, and bright yellows. After the last leaf had fallen, leaving the branches stark and bare against the leaden skies, the cold north winds would start to blow. Then the first snowfall would arrive, to the delight of the children and the stoic size of the adults. While sledding, ice skating, and snowball fights might be fun for the kids, winter also meant mounds of snow that had to be shoveled, virtual isolation when the roads were bad, and temperatures that frequently dropped down to thirty or even forty below zero. The summer people had left Eden Lake right after the Labor Day weekend to return to their snug winter homes in the cities.